Hello, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to our podcast. It's about payroll. We're your hosts, Brian Escobar and Walter William Duncan III. Whether you're new to the payroll industry or a seasoned vet, this is the podcast for you. All right, guys. Welcome back to today's show. We have a very special show for you today. We're talking about what's next. After you've gotten to the top of your payroll career, what do you do next? We have a VIP guest with us, Christina Hagney, founder of Valor Payroll Solutions, and she made the jump from payroll pro to payroll owner. And she's here to tell us how she did it. And we're anxiously anticipating her story. Christina, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for calling me a VIP. I don't know if I deserve that title, but I will take it. (laughs) No, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when we found you, we were just like, wow, this person made that jump. And what impressed me so much is that you made it for me early on in your career. You have made it, you were a decade in. And just so one, we want to know what was your payroll journey like? Cause that's always interesting. And then what at that point that you were just like, okay, I'm doing this on my own. Sure. Well, it's funny to me that you say that's early in a payroll journey because I, I feel like payroll years are like dog years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Each one, and it feels like seven years. So Agreed. I feel like I've been doing this for about 70 years. I think anyone who's in payroll has heard it over and over again that no one as a five-year-old child wakes up and says, when I grow up, I want to be in payroll. That is not, (laughs) it's not on anyone's life path, I assure you. But I, like so many other people, went to college, got a degree, which was actually in journalism and media studies with emphasis in public relations. Okay. Right. Not even close. <laughs> and I was living in California and the job market was absolutely terrible. I went to so many interviews for so many random positions and just could not get hired for anything. I spent the nine years prior to graduating waitressing and bartending so i had no office experience and i just really didn't get it finally got hired at a hotel management company working as an admin assistant for the hr director and it just happened by chance she was amazing at everything hr everything related to people and She just really didn't like numbers. There, I got a good start. I mean, I think about this a lot. She taught me good email communication. And I had to talk with hotel owners and go do hotel acquisitions. And so I was doing some pretty big things pretty young. But, you know, every piece of this journey has led me to where I am. But anyway, so I started really with benefit reconciliation. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And this was in 2010. So we were not on a super cool system. It was all printing things out and crossing things off. And, but I got super pumped because I was able to do all the math and work with the company and get the company a hundred thousand dollars back by reconciling everything and fixing everyone's enrollments. So awesome. It just went from there. I thought I was doing like the world's largest payroll, moving, you know, millions of dollars, (laughs) working with 
12 hotels across the country. And I did that for about three years. And then I moved to Oklahoma. And before I moved, I actually got hired on with a PEO in Oklahoma. So here I am thinking I know payroll. And then I start working with a PEO and I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I, didn't, I got humbled a little bit, which is good. And learned the ropes of a PEO, all of the hyped up rules and regulations with payroll tax reporting and co-employment. And there they wanted me to get certified, get my PHR, so certified in HR. And that was probably the second time where I was really not pushed into HR, but that always was the quote unquote career path. Yeah, payroll's great, but you should really focus on HR. That's where the career path is. So I did that for about a year. That was a startup, really had the opportunity to do a lot of different things, work with a super advanced payroll system. And again, I just kept doing other payroll things. So from there, I went to a company called Tulsa Inspection, which is more or less a staffing company. And then I was like, man, now I know payroll, right? So they were in every state. They had changed entities. So they had all of these liability notices from not reporting successorship. And so I was doing abatement requests. And I mean, it, again, it just kept building. I was yep. working as the payroll and projects manager, which reported directly to the CFO. So there I really hyped up on my Excel skills, really dug into multi-state and learning just how to contact the agency, talk with what that looks like, how long you wait on hold, how often you have to follow up. And that was, I think that was about 1,500 inspectors and then the corporate office and they had just merged with another company. So all that led me to, I should back up. So when I got hired at the PEO moving to Oklahoma, I was hired to replace Tyler Wynn. And he was working part-time at the PEO and then also working on his own payroll company. So fast forward now a couple years and Tyler actually brought me on to work in his company as the payroll manager, as his only employee for several years. Oh, wow. That experience, I was with him for about five years and he was an independent payroll provider. So I had that experience and really got to see how it looked like to offer payrolls a service to clients, which was Similar to what I did with the PEO, a little bit different. Really, because it was a startup, I had the opportunity again to do a lot of different things. So, of course, I was doing payroll. I was doing payroll taxes. I was doing payroll tax registrations. I was doing sales demos. I was putting together sales quotes and service agreements. I was doing billing, project management. We hired a few other people. So, I was managing a small team. And after five years of doing, that brings us to 2020, which, of course, is the best year. <laughs> to open the business. <laughs> what else? Uh, never choose the path of least resistance, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's my motto. I didn't choose <laughs> it. It just is what it is. And if ever there's an opportunity to do something in the worst way possible, that's usually what I do. <laughs> 
So my husband was actually deployed from January through July of 2020. And then shortly after he got back, we registered the LLC and took this giant leap and have really just been figuring it out ever since. Now, let me back you up. Did you just quit the last thing? You were done with that? You said, hey, I can't do this anymore. I want my own business. What was that catalyst? What was that moment, that defining moment for you? Sure. Again, I felt like I had the experience required to do it on my own. But really, the catalyst was wanting to be in control of my destiny. When you work for someone else, you are bound to what they want to do. You're, you don't have You're restricted, control. yeah. You're restricted, right. You don't have control. You don't get to make the decisions. And I loved working with the small businesses and I loved helping the small businesses and I wanted to continue that. And payroll is really the only career that I'd had my whole life. So 2020, I think, rocked a lot of people's worlds. Yep. And I did not escape that. I was here with my children who were four months old and two years old at the time. God bless them. It was me, the two boys and 60 hours of work a week without having the control or discretion to say that can wait. This is important. Yep. Whatever. And, and honestly, my husband had been trying to get me to do this for several years. He said he was saying, you're doing all this work for all these other people. You're helping the PEO was a startup. Cirrus was more or less in startup mode. I think they've been around for three-ish, five-ish years when I started with them, but I was the first full-time employee. So they're still in startup mode. And he watched me just pour everything into other people's companies, sometimes working till 12, 1, 2 in the morning and then yep. getting up at 6 a.m. Yep. Or during COVID when he's deployed, the boys are at home and I'm still putting in 50, 60 hours a week, getting up at 4 a.m. to work out. And he just kept saying, why are you doing this for someone else? Like, why would you not try it for yourself? Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I knew no matter what, skills I had acquired, I knew there were things I didn't know yet. And I didn't necessarily want the additional responsibility. Of course, you want the discretion and control and some of the things that come along with being a business owner. But I knew in the back of my mind that there were pieces that I didn't want. <laughs> but again, it just came to the point where I changed my mind. I changed what I wanted. I wanted to take that leap of faith, put in the effort for myself and built something for myself, for the clients that I service, for my children. It just was an internal pivot. Amazing. That's amazing. Now, how hard was that transition? It sounds like a huge undertaking to now own a payroll provider. You like a payroll payment service. You don't have to share a dollar amount. Was it very expensive? Did you have to take out loans? How did you make it happen? So I, I basically did a bootstrap operation and I, from day one, when I opened my business, I was sitting here ready to go at 8 a.m. with nothing to do. I had zero clients. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know where to get clients. So really what I did was 
I went to Upwork. I signed up as a freelancer on Upwork and I just started grabbing anything that I was qualified to do. Not necessarily just payroll. I did some HR stuff and consulting. I basically used that money, those funds to grow my business. So there was a little bit of capital required to start, but really it was limited to purchasing a computer, licensing the software, which I use a platform called Payroll Relief, which is extremely cost-effective in building a website. I think those are my three big expenses to start out. But again, I just used Upwork. How did Upwork work out for you? For me, it worked well, but I have heard many other people have less success with it. Wow. I I started out and I really had a very low rate. I don't remember what it was, but it was pretty low. And I knew that I needed to build a reputation. I knew I needed to get a few jobs in there, show that I made some money, get some good reviews. And that's exactly what I did. And then mm-hmm. as my earnings grew there, because it's all public, you can see mm-hmm. what someone has done and who's reviewed them and what they got. But it snowballed as I got more jobs that I was bidding on and applying for, I also started seeing an increase in people reaching out to me, inviting me to their jobs. It's, it worked well for me, but I can't say that everyone has the same experience. And it was a process. I had to create the profile, get some jobs in there. And then I started trying to specialize a little bit more in just payroll and quit taking the HR jobs or kind of the odd tasks. Right. But I did some pretty cool stuff on there. I mean, I've worked with a few global payroll companies. I've worked with people who are in other countries who have employees in the United States. Nice. And I really found that there were people searching who had nowhere else to go. So if you have a payroll error, either A, you're doing payroll yourself, you made the error, you don't know how to fix it. B, you're working with a provider who messed up and either they don't know how to fix it or you don't trust them to fix it. (laughs) Or you got some sort of notice and have no idea what it says and no one to ask. So I just took all those people under my little payroll wings and got them figured out. And then eventually some of those people actually became payroll clients. So nice. Awesome. Yeah. And that's how I did it. I never took out any loans. I just did jobs on Upwork and then funneled that money back into the business, eventually adding on like someone to do my social media so that I could quit mm-hmm. embarrassing myself with Canva. <laughs> it's all part of, it's all part of the journey though. I'm not embarrassed about a single piece of it. I just yeah. jumped off the cliff and I'm still figuring it out. I love that about you. You're very transparent and open. <laughs> yeah, for real. We need more of that. Are there any like challenges that really stick out? along the way, either in career or making the transition to an owner? Oh, man. That, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Give me the top two or three. <laughs> so I, strangely, one of the things that was the bane of my existence repeatedly was a website, which in hindsight doesn't matter that much. You can see your traffic. And if you don't have a lot of traffic, it doesn't really matter if you have the best website in the world. It's really getting the traffic, not the website, but you feel legitimized a little bit having a nice website. And so I've actually had my website built three times. Oh, yeah, I know. And really figuring out 
how to get people there and in the mm -hmm. right way because yep. I started with Google ads and so those were expensive and I don't know if this is common knowledge or not but if you use their ad suggestions it's actually very counterproductive mm, really wow I had to figure out <laughs> so I had I actually had thousands of people coming to my website the problem was none of them were in America and, and then I had at one point, my phone was ringing off the hook. And this was like within the first six months. And my phone was ringing and ringing. And every time the phone rings, you get excited, right? Mm -hmm. often. And all of a sudden it's happening all the time. And every time I pick up, it would be like, my name's Judy and I work at Wendy's and you didn't pay me my PTO. And I'm like, I'm them. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do Wendy's payroll. She's yes, you do. So I don't know what was happening, but so many fast food restaurant employees somehow Googled something and got my phone number. And so for a whole month or two, I was really follow the people gosh. angry. At, it's just one thing after another. And I'm also very literal. So yes, input and suggestions. But I think at one point someone told me, yeah, for social media, you just got to use pictures of you, use stuff that's relevant. And I was like, Okay, so I'm taking pictures of me and my kids and I, I had no idea what I was doing, but, and it's funny if I scroll now back through LinkedIn, I'm like, wow, that was so bad, <laughs> but it's all part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's so many challenges and it doesn't matter how good you are at payroll. You have to also be good at or learn how to do all of the other things, sales, marketing, creating processes, little things like what does your email mm -hmm. signature look like? What yep. do people hear when they call your phone line? What phone service are you going to use? I think for me, the payroll piece and getting payroll set up was the easy part. It was everything else that has been and probably will always be a challenge because I'll never be happy you know nothing will ever be good enough. So it's just going to be constant <laughs> improvement oh, yeah. forever. Yeah. Wow. What tips may you have for the senior payroll professional that they're confused? Maybe they don't know if they want to open a business. What's yeah. next, right? You got any tips? There's so many options in payroll that I wish I had known a while ago. For people that feel like they're at the top of the ladder, of course, opening a business is a possible next step. And I don't want to discourage anyone from doing it. I just want to make it clear that it's so much more than payroll to open a payroll business, but right. possible for the right person. I think a lot of people don't know that there are so many independent payroll providers out there where, you know, you have an opportunity to be a lot more involved and wear a lot more hats or Maybe if your path is to someday open your own business, I would suggest working for an independent payroll provider where you have the opportunity to be more involved in operations and learn. I mean, that's, I don't know that I could have done this without working at Cirrus and learning as much as I did there. I would, yeah, I would highly suggest that you may be at the top of the ladder at ADP or paychecks, but you have a pretty narrow lane there. Great you know? call out. Yep. Yeah. And then Upwork was amazing for me. And I still feel like if I wanted to, I could really do more of a consulting business rather than recurring payroll. Anything related to payroll taxes, if you're in payroll and you don't have a good handle on payroll taxes, 
learn those. I mean, there's a huge gap there and usually a big need for someone who really understands all of the ins and outs of payroll taxes, especially as we move to more remote workers. Absolutely. Complicated. And you can be the hero if you go and learn that. And that can open up more positions. Or again, if you're on the path to opening up your own business, you have to know how to do all of the things. Don't That's leave great advice. Gaps. Yeah, don't leave any gaps in your payroll knowledge. Of course, no one knows everything, but you know, make sure you're filling the HR space as it overlaps to payroll, payroll taxes, systems and software, security. It, it goes yep. on and on. <laughs> yep. The five pillars of payroll, as we call it. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was just listening earlier. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You mentioned education and the kind of some things that brought me. You tout that you're triple certified. And I'm very impressed because I feel like it's really hard to get triple certified. How hard was that to get your CPP, your SHRM CP, and what else? Your PHR. Okay, I'm sorry. What span of time did you get all three and how hard was that? I got my PHR in 2014, my CPP in 2015, and then I believe my SHRM CP in 2016. Wow. The PHR test was challenging, but the CPP test was unlike anything I've ever taken. And I am... I consider myself a good test taker and I walked out of there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to fail, which I didn't, but it was hard. Yeah, and it is. It, it just took, a, I mean, honestly, it just took devoting the time to study. And then now I use ClickUp for everything, everything. I mean, literally everything. My business. <laughs> and so I have all of those certs in there and I, depending on how many credits you need and how long you have. I have annual tasks to complete X amount of HR credits or X amount of CPP credits. I wouldn't advise studying for all three at the same time. Definitely not. <laughs> but it, th honestly, I think having a good foundation in HR, even if you're not going to pursue a career in HR, if you're in the payroll field, it does not hurt to have a really good understanding of HR. That's correct. In to payroll. And I did it all with free resources. I <laughs> Really? It, yeah, I wouldn't suggest that. If you're working in the payroll industry, ask your employer, hey, would you pay for this? Yes. Or, That's right. Or would you pay for my materials? Or see if you can get some assistance with either getting good study materials or the test fee or both because it can get pricey, but it, it's really an investment as an employer to have your employees certified. Yep. Um, it demonstrates a lot of knowledge and I think it gives your employees credibility. It gives your business credibility. So there, there's not an excuse to not do it, but it's definitely not easy. What we tell folks on the show is if they won't do it, invest in yourself. Can't be scared to invest in yourself because not every employer is going to see that value. And we're like, hey, forget that. If they don't see it, it's your career you're building. Yeah. Right. And if your employer doesn't see the value, I guarantee once you put it on a resume, another employer will. Amen. Yep. Amen. <laughs> yep. See now, perfect segue. As you hire, how do you feel about not certified folks because you know our pool right that not everybody's certified right are you filtering out non-certifieds do you consider them is it experience how do you hire 
Sure. I hired a part-time person earlier this year with no payroll experience, and that did not end up working out very well. So I actually have a full-time payroll manager starting next Monday. And congrats. I Thank you. <laughs> and I required to have a, the FPC or CPP, or I said I would allow a similar certification, but I wanted to see that someone had done some sort of course or class and that they actually had payroll knowledge. It's really tricky in our industry because it, if 10 people say, oh, I've done payroll, their experiences can all be completely different. Yes, absolutely, absolutely uh, right. So there's not really a way to gauge what someone knows, and it doesn't necessarily mean that someone with the certification is better than someone that doesn't have it. But for me personally, after hiring someone without payroll experience, I did require one of the two certifications. Okay, okay. Yeah, the stakes a little bit higher at your level for that position. <laughs> I would imagine you need somebody with a good, uh, a good foundation. That yeah. makes sense. And with the one that I hired that didn't have it, I actually paid for the Paytrain fundamentals and planned to pay to have her take the test, but it just we just didn't get there. Yeah, yeah. What was the position for? If you don't mind me asking, for the person that didn't have experience. So originally I started and I just wanted a payroll assistant to be able to process payrolls and help with some administrative tasks. But even just from then to now, which is a span of six months, I've grown tremendously. And so I'm really Congrats. ready for someone. Thank you. Really ready for someone that can come in and work alongside me, have their own group of clients that they manage. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, me and Walt went into something similar very recently. We gave someone a shot with no experience and same deal. A few months later, we were just like, it's not clicking. It's not <laughs> working well. So we had to go back to the drawing board and we required one to three years experience at least because it's a junior role. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, we can definitely relate. Payroll folks need a special cut, right? We're a special breed. So, I literally um, said, I need someone who's battle tested. This that's right. <laughs> that's right. That is uh, right. That's where that Valor payroll sticks out, right? Right. But to end it off, what does Valor payroll mean? What do you want your clients to know about Valor payroll? Sure. So with the name, my whole family in all sides and directions has a strong military foundation. So I really wanted to bring that military element into the name. And then I wanted something that really showed how we operate in the payroll space. And it sounds weird if you're not in it, but since this is a podcast for people who are in payroll, <laughs> it, it is a battle. I mean, you come yes. every day, you just show up, yep. no idea what's going to happen. And you just have to go to battle for your clients, whether that's working with the IRS, calling state tax agencies, helping them with employees. So we wanted to show that strength and reliability. And we act with valor as we operate day to day. And I'm not trying to make it sound crazier than it is. Some days are pretty calm, but. It's pretty crazy, yeah, though. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I say I have to go in and ninja chop emails and like, it is wild what happens on a daily basis with all of the 
input that comes in. Overall, we, again, it military foundation, but we really all also wanted to display how we actually act and how we operate. And that's with valor. And so it just fit. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Christina, for joining us today. You have been an absolute amazing guest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope we can keep the conversation going and maybe you can come back one day in the future and cover something else for us in depth. Talk about payroll all day, every day, any day. <laughs> See, that's why we do the show. <laughs> yes, that's why we have so much fun with this. That's uh, oh, that's awesome. Look forward to that. Oh, yes, absolutely. All right. We'll be in touch for sure, Christina. We really love having you. Thank you. All so right. Much. Thank you, guys. We'll talk soon. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast, It's About Payroll. We're your hosts, Brian Escobar and William Duncan. And until the next time, folks, keep learning, keep growing, and most importantly, keep going.